All right, Sean, you're in the car. What's going on? In the car, kind of got a crazy situation going on here. I was just down in Sea Island uh, for a couple weeks playing some golf. Now going to visit some family in Naples. And uh, so I've got a five-hour drive ahead of me. Uh, I'm in the middle of it right now. You're like a mini just, tour grinder. I'm a mini tour grinder right now, basically. Just drove through the beautiful city of Orlando. Chris, I know you're a big fan of Orlando. And I've got a little story. <laughs> I just pulled off the side of the road to you know, get set up for the pod, get ready to go. And I, I pop out of my car to take a leak in the bushes, as one does. And I look down and see a heroin needle on the ground uh just right where, I'm, right where I'm taking a leak i took a picture of it because <laughs> i knew you wouldn't believe me <laughs> so nothing really says welcome to orlando like a, a heroin needle so that's I, when you know, know that, that really backs your opinion of orlando <laughs> but i that's thought you'd awesome. enjoy that yeah that's great well orlando friend of the pod i actually get lessons down in orlando so i don't hate it but the city definitely needs some work. And yeah. They clearly need some community service workers on the side of the roads. Yeah, it needs some TLC. It just needs a little bit of a boost, a little rundown in some areas. But, you know, good weather, decent golf, so you can't hate it too much. Can't hate it. All right, so we don't have Mike for this episode. Thank God. You yeah, had a thank break God, right? <laughs> no. But yeah, we're we're Mikeless today. Uh, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna make his picks at some point in the episode, but we're we're gonna carry the load the rest of the way. So, okay, where do you want to start? Farmers insurance, or do you want to start opening question? I think we start with this opening question. I was thinking about it on the ride. I was listening to a Max Homa podcast, and someone just totally flipped me off for no reason uh yeah just listening to, <laughs> listening to him that's what you get in orlando you get these fucking crazy people all right um basically listening to a max homa podcast he was talking about how sung jm and joaquin neiman are kind of the forgotten men out of that younger group of guys like you know you get morikawa hovland wolf they, they get a lot of the press so it made me think it would be really interesting to have a discussion about who's going to have the best year. So out of those five guys, Morikawa, Hovland, Wolf, Neiman, and Sungjae, who do we think is going to win majors this year? I think one of them will grab a major for sure. And who do we think has the best year in terms of FedEx Cup points? And you can maybe throw Scheffler in there too. And, and throw, I was, yeah, throw Scheffler in there. He's a little older than those guys, but still part of that younger, younger crew that's just really – making their way out on tour yeah i really think that neiman's gonna emerge from this group i so really what, think that I, I know you you've got some bias towards neiman what do you think he's what do you think he's gonna do this year he's so Does consistent he... he's so consistent like wolf is crazy and consistent m has been consistent especially towards the end of last year and Scheffler kind of seems really streaky. Morikawa had a really bad stretch in there. I don't know. It seems like Neiman's going to be the most consistent player out of this group. And I think that – I think he's going to win more. 
I really it does do. seem like it does seem like Neiman's B game and his C game are really high. Like his floor is very high. Yeah, he's he doesn't miss a lot of cuts. I, I, I don't think. And we saw that. Yeah, you, you said it. We we saw that with Morikawa. He really struggled after the PGA win, and uh, Wolf's notably been pretty inconsistent. Getting slightly more consistent now as he kind of settles into life on tour, and and Hovland's all. all also pretty consistent, but I mean, Neiman's really been up by the lead the last last four or five events, so it's hard to say that Neiman's not going to have a great year this year. Yeah, I mean, you just and we haven't really seen Wolf or Morikawa. I guess we saw Morikawa a little bit. He's been playing pretty well, um, and Hovland won recently. Yeah, he's so been I, playing well. I guess all you know, all of them are playing well. Im's been playing really good, so. We'll have to see. I mean, this this could be the core of golf for the next 15 years. Yeah, it, it really could. It, it's it's so tough to like to pick one guy out of out of all these guys that's going to separate themselves. They're, they're so close together in terms of their their talent. They're all young. They're all still learning. So do I you think th- the, the, go ahead. I think the forgotten guy in this group is Scotty Scheffler. I really think he's. You know, Sung Jay, obviously with the Masters, he got a lot of publicity. You know, he's he's kind of gotten a lot of media attention, even though he's Korean, not, not an American player. But I, I think Scotty Scheffler's a little bit forgotten because he did come up through the web. He wasn't one of the guys that made it out on tour right away. And we're really just kind of scratching the surface with Scheffler. We, I mean, obviously shot 59 last year. He's a guy that can take it really deep, which I like. Like, he can – he can play poorly one day and then get right back into the tournament the next yep. day shooting 60 or 61, which I yep. think is, a, is a, a skill that not a lot of guys have out there. He, 59, see, Boston. Yeah, I kind of see him as like a, like a can't-lay kind of silent assassin guy. You know, he comes in there and just goes – he can go stupid low. Like, it, it's really it's, – it's fun to watch him. So, I think – I don't know if he's going to have the best year, but I think he's a guy to watch out for. Out of those guys, I think Wolf is going to have the best year, though. I think Wolf really? has a game that's built for major championships. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of of Wolf's antics. You know, he's I'm not a huge Gankus guy. Yeah, I'm not so a, annoying. I'm not really a huge fan of his. He, he's just he's a little bit insufferable, right? He, he's he's young, talks a lot. I mean, it seems like he gets on guys' nerves. We saw it with the TaylorMade driving relief thing. So I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of his. He's so fucking annoying. The vi- tailor-made but videos. But he's so damn talented. It's really crazy. And obviously we saw it at Shinnecock. The guy can literally spray the shit out of the ball and still be in contention. So I think the, the sky's the limit for him. I think I think he gets a major this year or is right up there around the lead. I think Tory is a great fit for him. And uh, we'll kind of see this week. It's kind of a preview for him for the U.S. Open. Is he, he a guy, though, that out of all those guys, like at some point in, in his career, if he starts struggling and has a really bad year, like, can he get it back? Is he going to or is he going to have like kind of a speed trajectory where if he starts struggling with that swing and his inaccuracy off the tee? I feel like there's a chance he could fall off more than more so than the other guys. I, I actually I disagree. I think 
because he hits it so long, his floor is so high. Like even if he say he loses his ball striking, he, he, he starts spraying it. He's never really been a great iron player, but say he starts spraying it off the tee. He's still so long that if he's playing from the rough, as long as he keeps it within the corridor, within the tree line, he's going to be able to pretty much every day. I mean, we're seeing it with Bryson and Wolf is, is almost is nearly as long as Bryson. So I think he's a guy that even if he goes through a struggle, he can still piece together good golf. Yeah. Can you see all these guys winning a major? Yeah, I can. If if not, who's the guy that doesn't win a major? Who's the who's the bottom of the group? I feel like so, Scheffler's the, a guy where it's harder to picture him winning a major. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I like how I like how Scheffler plays. I like the the fact that he can get red hot. I, I like that he's long. I think that that bodes well in majors. The guy to me to me that that sticks out and he's got a great game for major championships especially u.s opens is victor hovland i mean he's he's a ball striking machine we all know that but he never really gets hot enough with the putter and it, it usually happens a couple times a year and for that to line up with a major under the pressure of a major championship for him to putt really well doesn't seem all that likely to me i, I think he's going to be really consistent this year but I don't know if he's a guy that that's going to really win a major right off the bat. Yeah. Who sticks yeah, out I, to you? Is there anyone besides Scheffler? Is it, what do you think I, about Sungjae? I don't know. I, he's, he's at the bottom of this crew too. Even with the masters, I feel like, I mean, you've seen guys that have almost won majors and then they never even come close again for the rest of their careers. So I don't think that we should look at that and say, oh, he contended in the Masters. He's going to contend in all these other majors. Well, we just don't know what's going to happen, but he seems like he seems like we don't really know. We yeah, don't I think really he's, know. he's the hardest to project, potentially, out of all those guys because he's got the complete game, and we saw that at, at the Masters. He's usually a, a great ball striker. He actually didn't hit it that well that week and still contended. He, I mean, to me, his chipping and putting really shine through uh, at Augusta. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I feel like that was a little bit fluky that he chipped and putted that well that week to get to the top of the leaderboard. So yeah. when his short game's not magic like it was, is he going to be able to contend is the question. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. And Hovland – and Morikawa are not playing. Or no, Neiman and Morikawa are not playing this week. Yeah. Everyone else is playing. So we'll see how they do. And Farmers kind of seems like the opening of the season. It's the first real big event. Sean, you were saying earlier, like, it's just the event where all the big names come, and this is where they start their season. Tiger always plays here. He all Tiger always wins here. And... Everyone comes. It's a big-time course. It's a major venue course. And so we'll see. Yeah, it's a big ballpark. It feels it feels like a, a, our first legit tournament, right? We get Hawaii, which is like – Hawaii almost feels like an exhibition. It, don't, it doesn't even feel like a real golf tournament. Like both uh, 
Kapalua and, and Sony, they kind of just feel like everyone's going there for fun and like just to get the year off started right. And then Palm Springs is, is a joke. I mean, last week was a joke. So, so yeah, I mean, this feels like the, the first real PGA Tour event of the season. I got to say, like, where's Justin Rose? <laughs> He's like one of those guys that can just really disappear and no one's going to notice. Yeah, no one notices. <laughs> it's because, I mean, we've talked about this before. There's no diehard Justin Rose fans. No. Like, I don't know a single one. This guy's been world number one. He's been one of the best players Zero. in the world for the better part of like 10, 15 years now. And I don't think anyone gives a shit about him. It's crazy, actually. <laughs> He just, he kind of pops up and you're like, oh yeah, I, I forgot Justin Rose is really good. And, and you watch him and you're like, man, yeah, this guy's, this guy's a nasty player, but there's nothing moving the needle about <laughs> Justin Rose. It's so, pretty yeah. wild. I don't, it is wild. And so I don't know what his deal is. He's not playing this week. That's a good question. Maybe he's falling I, off the center of the earth. I feel like he's slowly phasing out of playing. Like maybe he's just, maybe he's just retiring. And, and we just have no idea. Like he's not that he old. Really, I mean, he's not that old. He's what, like 39, 40 now, maybe. It, it, I don't know. He's just spending a lot of time in the Bahamas. Maybe who knows? He, but like, that's a really it's a good point. I mean, yeah, he's 40. No one really cares about him. So hopefully we see him out soon. Cause I'd like to see him playing well again. He kind of lost his game, uh, lost his golf swing. So Oh, I'd like to he, see him play well. You know what? He's playing in the Dubai Desert. Okay. Well, and the, I mean, was, the more you know. T60 last week in Abu Dhabi. Then the last time he played before that was the RSM in November. Holy shit. Yeah, you're and right. He missed so the you cut. Really, he really hasn't played. So he actually played well at the Masters, but since then. It was cut at RSM, and then nothing until last week. So, the book is out I, on Justin Rose. The, the thing that stands out to me about Justin Rose, I was watching the Paynes Valley highlights from Tiger's little exhibition that he had. <laughs> His tee shot, I think it was on, like, the third hole, the drivable one. So embarrassing. was one of the darkest scenes in, in recent golf memory. <laughs> so bad. That I mean, ball that, was so far left. Yeah, if you if you didn't see that shot, it, the, the hole's like 290. I all the guys, all the other guys in the group went over the green. Rose steps up, setting up to hit this like high cut and just the mega double cross. This thing goes 150 yards left of the edge of the hole into the woods. I mean, it was really one of the worst quack hooks I've seen. Yeah. But kind of just overall representative of Justin Rose's game right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. Maybe he'll get the chili dip bump. So I, are there any more storylines that we should be talking about? I mean, what's up? What's up with this week? I think one of the biggest storylines of the week is the golf course. We haven't seen, we haven't seen Tory in a while since last year, but it's always one of those events where you get really amped up for it. Like, Oh, you know, we're back in, we're back in California. We're at Torrey. We're on the water here. It should be a good week, sunny weather. And then you kind of, you start watching it and you're like, man, two or three hours in, this is a really boring golf course. <laughs> like they kind of missed the boat on the opportunity. Like it's just, 
it's a wannabe pebble and it's it's just long it's a bomber's paradise so i think part of the narrative this week is going to be the golf course it's a preview of the u.s open as well i think that's something to look out for obviously it'll play a lot harder and, and it'll play much different but i think this is a good sneak peek at what's to come with the u.s open from people that i've talked to who have played the tory they don't like it they said it's just massively overrated yeah it just seems it's like a it's like a baseball field like it's just a, a big ballpark that's like <laughs> wide open you can kind of slap it anywhere I, there's not much character to that golf course now i will say 18 is i think one of the best closing holes in golf i agree i think 18 is a great hole really good risk reward part five I mean, talk about like an exciting finish, like not just what we saw from Tiger in 08, but it seems like every year you have exciting finishes with Day. Uh, it was like four years ago with Alex Noren and JB Holmes. Yeah. When JB took like 20 minutes to decide to lay up. And then there's Ryan Palmer and Rom. And I don't know. You always have exciting finishes on that course. So. It'll be fun to watch come Sunday. Yeah, I'm not not particularly interested to watch any Thursday to Saturday coverage, though. I, I, we'll, we'll see how much, how deep you can get into it, you know. So if Ricky wins, he's in the Masters, right? If he wins from now yeah. until April. Yeah, so there's some events that you can win on the PGA Tour and not automatically gain a Masters exemption. I would bet my life that Tory is one of those events that you do get an exemption. So yeah, if, if Rory wins farmers this week or sorry, Ricky, uh, he, yeah, he should get into the masters, but otherwise it's, it's looking bleak for him. It'll be so exciting. If he's contends this week, it will be. Oh, be awesome. He's actually, he played well last week. I think, I think there's a chance he could be up there. Nothing would be better than seeing Spieth and Ricky go at it on Sunday this week. I mean, it would be insane. It would be. It, you don't realize what you lost. Like, right. I mean, five years ago, that was a really reasonable thing to happen. And it, you kind of take it for granted. And like, man, I would kill to have speed dueling Ricky down the stretch here. But it's yeah. just, I mean, this is probably the worst golf course. For <laughs> it's Steve. just not going to happen. It's just, I, I think there's like almost no chance he makes the cut this week. I mean, we'll see. New, yeah. I mean, he's with Butch, so maybe, maybe he's gonna come a new man. He's with Butch, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously rooting for him, a huge speed guy, but, but like this course, it's like if you hit it in the rough off the tee, and Speed's not bombing it, you're, you're fucked. Like you're, <laughs> you have no chance. So, Speed's got to drive it like superhuman this week if he wants to play well. Yeah. I agree. Um, we also have Cam Davis playing this week. Look out. He could be starting something special. Red hot. We don't know. He could be. Uh, Bo Hossler, Revenge Tour. We'll have to wait on that. He'll probably be DFL. It, honestly, if he's not the, the – Verdict's still out. I think he has the most DFLs tour. in the last 18 months on tour. He's got to have at least three DFLs. Yeah, he's got he's right up there. He's right up there. There's a few guys that that might give him a run, but yeah, Bo's definitely lost his game a bit. 
and I'm really hoping he finds it. And the other shout out, I just, I think, actually, no, I'm going to wait because this guy's going to be my pick to win. So I, I'll hold off on it. Is there anyone else that you're looking at? I mean, it's a huge field. No, yeah. I don't want to give away my pick to win and, and talk about how his game fits this, this tournament. So I'll wait to talk about that after we get into uh, matchups and back aspirants. All right. Should we, should we get into it? Yeah. All right. First matchup, Rom versus Xander. I I'm going to take – Go ahead. This is tough because Rom's had the success. Xander is obviously a yeah, Southern California boy. Rom is hurt, I, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Xander here. I like the home game for Xander. I think he feels comfortable here. He played high school golf at this golf course. So, I, I like Xander. I think he's going to feel comfortable and he's going to play well. Yeah, and I'm going to take Xander, too. I think Rom might still be lingering with his injury. So, it's hard to it's hard to fade Xander with that. And so, Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's just and all, and all the equipment freaks are freaking out, right? Rom switched equipment. Like, who knows how he's going to play now? You know, he shot 59 with his new equipment like a week in. So I think that <laughs> that ship has sailed. We know Rom can play. Obviously, he's going to be fine if he if he's not hurt. But I guess I guess he's got something nagging right now. And it's Xander. It's Xander all the way. Yep. So second matchup. Rory versus Hovland. And I don't know. Mike picked these matchups, by the way. And sometimes he misses the boat. And I think he missed the boat here. <laughs> because I mean, I think this Rory's <laughs> the easiest pick in the world. This seems like an outrageous matchup at first look. I've I've ridden Hovland's like my guy. You know, I, I've ridden him in most matchups. Obviously picked him to win at Mayakoba. It was well well publicized. I think Rory's going to have some scar tissue from last week. I'm going to go Hovland. Wow. No way. Yeah. I think this course suits Hovland's game actually pretty well, too. I mean, he hits it pretty pretty far. Good ball striker. A lot of speed. Can dig it out of the rough. I think, I think yeah. Hovland plays well this week. Well, I'll be making up some ground with Rory. Third I, got, I got to make up some ground on you. You know, I got I to gotta pick opposite of you here. You do. You know, that's actually not a bad strategy. Just pick the opposite of the leader. Try to make up some ground. Yeah. Third matchup, Phil versus Spieth. And I think it's really hard. I don't know what you're going to say, Sean, but I think it's really <laughs> I mean, hard. this is this is really down to who's going to miss, miss the cut worse here, so – you know, who, who's keeping an under 80, under 80 this week? I really think Phil down. has the ability to just not give a fuck if he makes a few bogeys and he could shoot 77, 78, <laughs> which is why I'm taking Spieth because Spieth's in, he's in the meat grinder right now. I mean, he's, he's just fighting for everything he can get. So I'm going to take Spieth. Yeah. I mean, this is really hard. Uh, Obviously, Phil's gonna Phil's gonna launch it all over the ballpark this week. <laughs> Speed probably will too, but I think Phil Phil's hit the twenty by speed. So I'll take Phil here. I got I'm picking the opposite of wow. you once again. But okay. I actually do think I actually do think this this suits Phil a little bit a little better. I mean, 
great short game out of out of the thick stuff. So, and I mean, he's a California kid, so or more like a California middle aged guy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think he I think he plays all right. Maybe maybe comes within a couple of the cut line this week. And who's your pick to win? Pick to win. I'm going with Tony Finau. He played really well no, last week. You're not picking. We gave now. we gave him a that is ton so ridiculous. <laughs> we gave him a bunch of shit last week about his putting. Uh, you know, Poana Greens can kind of be a shit show putting wise. Finau's a bomber. This course, this course is great for bombers. I'm gonna go with Finau. He's obviously wow. playing well, so maybe he doesn't win. But I'm giving myself the best chance of having a guy up on the, the top of the leaderboard yeah. come Sunday. And then if he can if he can knock in his three footers, he probably he probably wins. So yeah. I mean there's a really good chance that he's gonna be there on some day at some level. And so it'll be it'll be exciting to watch Fino. I just don't think you can ever pick Fino to win a golf tournament until he does. No. Until he I, wins a real one. I, so don't think about it as me picking Fina to win. I'm basically picking Fina to top ten, and then like walk his way into a win, like with his <laughs> eyes closed, accidentally stumble upon a win. <laughs> hey, could, hey, could happen. Could happen. Could happen. Could happen. Um, my pick to win is Rory. Wow. I think he's okay. Just, I think he's just. And, you know, we're both picking guys that have crazy long winless streaks. Yeah, really bad winless streaks. But I, Rory's in such good form. I think he's been grinding. And I think he really wants to have a good year. He played so yeah. well last week. I mean, yeah, he had a bad Sunday again. But again. Yeah, so... I, I think if, if he doesn't let that bother him from last week, he's another guy. Like, this guy's going to be in the top ten come Sunday he's going to have a chance to win the golf tournament. It just comes down to what does he do on the back nine on Sunday? It's kind of the same storyline for both of them. Yeah. But I don't think Rory's a guy who's like going to take that not winning in Abu Dhabi. Like, Oh my God, I can't get it done. Like he knows he can get the job done. He, I think he's taking last week as a big positive in the, in the, you know, just keep building momentum. And I think he's going to go off again. Yeah, I do think that there is a difference in the mindset between Finau and Rory. Like, I'm actually starting to think that Finau's a little bit scared of the lead, like just playing a little bit timid. I don't get that sense of Rory. I feel yeah. like he's he might be psyching himself out a little bit before, like, majors in Augusta, but I think that's a different story when you show up at Torrey and play the Farmers. You know, it's, 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 it's not the same type of pressure. It's yeah. not. I mean, Same here's a guy coverage. who has four <laughs> majors. Shout out Chris yeah. Hopsworth, friend of the pod. Here's a guy, right? Here's a guy. So we'll see. We're going to get. Mean, it, feels, it feels like a different career at this point. Like that was so long ago that he won those four majors. It does. Like, like him winning at uh, I was talking. Yeah. I, just, I was talking to uh, a buddy of mine yesterday. Spieth had his best year five and a half years ago. Like, that is so long ago. So much can change in, in that period of time, especially in golf. And I guess we see that with Rory. He just 
he doesn't really have that young kind of go out and get it spirit, like really take the bull by the horns anymore. And, and you know, who knows if he's going to get over that in the majors. Yeah, I think that's fair. Let's get to back ass words picks. And then we're going to loop in Mike's audio where he makes all his picks. He'll make his matchup picks, pick to win, and his back ass words. So starting back ass words. The back ass words segment is a weekly game in which each podcaster is assigned a team of two players. But the catch is their team is chosen by the other two podcasters. The team with the most cumulative earnings from that week win the segment. So the goal is to pick players that you think will play really poorly so that they will not earn money for that team. And once a player has been chosen, they cannot be chosen again for the rest of the season. Okay. Who do you have a back asterisk pick right now? Cause I'm still looking at the board. Yeah, I've got, I've got back asterisk picks and you just talked about it. I, I forgot that JB Holmes contended in this tournament. Like, I don't know what, five, six years ago, like when he was a, a completely different person. I mean, this guy is total demons now at this point <laughs> in his career. <laughs> but he did contend. I think I think he's he's had demons since that '87 in the final round of the players or whatever. But he apparently, he got super fucked up Saturday night. Uh, he was he was co-leading the players or leading by one or something a couple of years back, and and apparently got too too blasted. Showed up the next day hammered. He made he might have shot 81, but. Uh, then he shot 87, I think, at the Open what, last year when Lowry won. So he's yeah. got some demons. You know, best of luck with the demons to Lowry or to uh, Holmes, but I, I don't think he gets it done this week. I think I think he misses the cut. And with that being said, I'm going to give him to Chris. I'm going to give him to you. All right. And I will fire right back, Sean, and I'm going to give you – Matt Naismith, and the only reason I'm giving you him is because I'm looking forward to watching the Celtics game in a little bit, and Aaron Naismith, shout out, future of the Celtics, young core, saw Naismith on the board, and I'm picking him. I mean, that's that's really – that's all the substance behind our picks right there. That just gives <laughs> it to you, like <laughs> – that's how we're picking players at this point. So All right. that's that's who you're getting. Naismith, he played played really well at Hilton Head. I think that was the last time I saw him up on a leaderboard, but uh, I, I guess I'm riding him this week. Uh, my next pick is a guy that's, uh, you know, gotten a lot of shit for his antics on Twitter. Scott Piercy. I'm giving Scott Piercy to Mike. Haven't seen this guy in ages, it feels like, on a leaderboard. A, a supposedly, allegedly one of the best ball strikers on the PGA Tour for however many years. But, uh, you know, he's older now, phasing out. Giving Scott Piercy to Mike. All right. Scotty, I can't, I can't stand to watch his swing. The, his, like, hitch in – well, he has a hitch in his backswing, but the, like, the knee collapse on impact is unbearable. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is an interesting ball. It, it's a it's an interesting golf swing for a guy that supposedly like flushes the ball. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how Piercy does. 
Um, Mike is way behind in back asswards, so he might need Piercy yeah. to win this week. And I'm going to go ahead and give Mike someone who, hmm, I was going to give him this guy, but now I don't think so. Gosh, can I pick Zinjun Zhang? No, you can't. I, I've never even heard of that guy. He's, <laughs> he's got to be like an Asian tour exemption or something. They, they got to have a PGA Tour card. All right, I'll pick instead Ted Potter Jr. Uh, that feels pretty scummy. Why is that is, scummy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he, he hasn't been on a leaderboard. Dude, ages. he won at Pebble. That was like two or three years ago, though. Still. I mean, isn't he like the winningest mini tour player of all time? I'm not sure. I think he is. I think he has something like he has something like 85 mini tour wins. Like the guy is just an absolute mini tour whore. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's nothing about him that says winning right now. So, and there's nothing about this golf course that says mini tour golf course. So <laughs> that's probably it's probably a valid pick. It's probably he's probably going to play terrible, but feels a little scummy picking picking that guy. <laughs> hey, it's a scum know. pick. That's fine. He kind of gives me Greg Chalmers vibes, like younger. He Greg does. Chalmers. He really actually does. They're both they're both lefties, right? And they put yeah. the shit out of the ball. Yeah, and they kind of so, look the same. They kind of yeah, they kind of like pudgy guys, not 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 really athletes, but uh, respect his game. He's made it made a good living for himself. Yeah, that's it. Well, okay, so we're gonna loop in <laughs> Mike's audio. Honestly, feel free to skip it because Mike never knows what he's talking about. So yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that'll be that'll be proven when Mike's picks are revealed. Yeah. All right, loop in Mike. All right, boys, what's up? It's Pasco. I may not be there today, but I'd like to think I'm in, I'm there in spirit with you guys, and that's what really counts. So I'm going to give my picks for matchups, back asswards, and then a pick to win. So we're going to start out with uh, John Rahm and Xander. Uh, San Diego State boy and Xander Shoffley, but I will have to fade him this week. Uh, Torrey Pines just sets up perfectly for John Rahm, hence it's where he got his first PGA Tour win. It's a bomber's course, and it sets up really well for Fade, which John Rahm does both of those very, very well. So Rahm is the sharp pick for that match. Rory versus Victor Hovland. Uh, Rory obviously coming off a good week last week at Abu Dhabi. Granted, he did shit the bed on Sunday, and also he's traveling such a substantial distance to get here. I think the safe pick is more likely to be Victor Hovland, so put my money on him. And then the pillow fight of the week, uh, Phil Mickelson versus Jordan Spieth. Uh, Phil, at this point, is just a participant in PGA Tour events. I expect him to play more and more Champions Tour events as the season goes on. So, I guess I will have to take Jordan Spieth. Obviously, that's probably me being really optimistic and hopeful, but I want to see him do well. I think we all do. So, putting the putting my bucks on Jordan. Now, for back asswards, with this field being pretty deep, this is kind of like the first really good field that we see all year on the PGA Tour. It's kind of like the unofficial start of the season, largely due to the fact that Tiger used to always get his season kicked off here. Uh, 
So nobody really jumped off the page. So we're going to start out with Team Chris and going to have to do this guy dirty again. Ricky Fowler. Guy is doing nothing. He's I know he's kind of the butt of jokes, but he kind of seems like a sharp pick right now. He doesn't do anything more than finish, you know, middle of the pack. Nothing spectacular. He's not long enough to really compete on this course anymore. It's certainly not a good enough ball striker right now. So, so Ricky can join Team Chris. Hopefully, hopefully he misses a cut for him. And then for Team Sean, I'm going to give him Nick Watney. Now, once upon a time, Nick Watney was one of the one of the stronger American players in, on the PGA Tour. A lot of guys saw maybe a future major champion, future Ryder Cupper, future President's Cup. He had some he had some big wins, you know, yesteryear. And he hasn't done much since. His game kind of fell off a cliff and is nowhere to be seen. So Nick Watney is going to go to Team Sean. Now for a pick to win, it's it's tough. I I want to give I want to give a nice sort of out of left field answer, but I might I might have to go commercial. Uh, who do I pick, gentlemen? Fuck it. I'm gonna be really just really commercial and say John Rom. It this course just suits him too well. And before I before I depart, I want to say get well soon to Kamile Johnson. He got a farmer's insurance ex uh, sponsor's exemption a couple weeks ago. Amazing story. He grew up, he grew up homeless, and and uh, a local P and a local PGA pro saw him, gave him set, of, gave him a club to swing around, and he instantly fell in love with the game. He'd kind of been grinding on the mini tours, got an exemption, but he had to pull out due to COVID, and now his mother's in the hospital with COVID. So. I think our all of our thoughts and prayers are with him. So, boys, hold down the fort. I'll see you guys later this weekend. All right, you just heard Mike. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Mike, you gave us, you gave each of us a guy that has already been picked for back backassers. Mike, do you know the rules of the game? He, you, he's just, he's got nothing going on upstairs right now. I mean. That's that's pretty boneheaded. I mean, all you had to do was record a three-minute clip, give us your picks, and you still managed to choke. <laughs> yeah, he literally – like, the only way you could mess that up is to just pick one of the, like, 30 guys that have been picked. Mike, there's 140 guys in this <laughs> field. You, you couldn't pick at least one that's that's not been picked, but – I mean, it's I mean, outrageous and he drew it out too it's like all right mike give us your picks yeah and they're wrong picks so what i mean what do you want to do with this i get i guess we just we don't get guys on our team this week uh which really sucks but it, it feels like feels like mike's cheating us a little bit maybe trying to sneak his way way back dirty i mean he's trying to weasel his way back into the stand the standings yeah because he dude he's so far behind what is he up over a million so dollars behind, behind you. He has made a combined three hundred grand. I'm at one point six million. Sean, you're like in the <laughs> middle. <laughs> Mike needs a Team USA miracle here. I mean, he really, he really needs like at least one guy to win, maybe two to even have a chance. Yeah. So 
we'll give him the break. So Sean and I will only have one guy on our team this week. Mike, you're going to get two. You got Scott Piercy and Ted Potter. So good luck to you. Super scummy move for Mike, but we'll let yeah. it slide. I mean, he's, he's a charity case at this point. <laughs> he really is. I mean, he's in, he's in danger. Mike Pascalini of- Foundation. <laughs> He should honestly just get dropped from the segment at some point. Like whenever we start back asswords, it's like, all right, Mike, just be quiet. Uh, yeah. Like Sean and Mike, I go in, go in the other room for five minutes. I feel bad. We're flaming him. He's not here to defend himself, but <laughs> I'm sure he'll have something to say after this episode's released. He'll be, he'll be dropping fire on us at some point. Yeah. Well, attempting to drop fire. Yeah. So those are our picks. You can like them or you can hate them. You know, obviously we have the the Dubai Desert Classic, and we don't have our Eurozone specialist this week. Obviously, Mike doesn't have some outrageous, horrible take about Fleetwood or Terrell Haddon or Aaron Rye. But all the notable Euro guys are playing in it, so including Justin Rose. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much to say about this event. All I know is that you just get absolutely bombarded with videos. Yeah. Of that tee shot yep. with the skyline in the background. Yeah, that's literally all I know about this tournament. And uh, <laughs> I'll be looking out for those this week, I guess. That's. I'm that's actually really glad. I'm glad that Rory's playing in the Farmers instead of the Dubai. Oh my God! Yeah. I think that helps the field out a lot. It's kind of just one of those tournaments where you just check the leaderboard on, you know, at the end of the week, and it's like, oh, you know, oh. There's Matt, Fitz, oh, Matt Fitzpatrick's playing well. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. So I, I'm glad, I'm actually glad Rory's not playing in it because you usually get the European tour is going to post at least one video of Rory hitting that tee shot. Like, yeah. This swing and this view with like the heart emoji. Yeah. So <laughs> as it's much as I like the European tour on social media, this is, this is a week where they can relax a little bit. Yeah. Settle down a little bit. Um, 2022 PGA moving to Southern Hills. It's official. Big news. I mean, you know, Southern Hills, I, I didn't know a lot about it before, before Mike told us. Apparently it's a, it's a Perry Maxwell. And uh, Chris, we both played Prairie Dunes, which is one of the, you know, architectural wonders uh, in the Midwest that, that Perry Maxwell designed back in like the 30s. So, I, I mean, what are your feelings on this? I know I'm pretty, pretty excited for this because Maxwell is a pretty interesting designer. So Perry Maxwell, it's Perry and Press. They press both, is the son, yeah. Press is the son. Perry's the father. They both designed Perry Dunes, nine holes each, right? Yeah. So uh, Perry designed it in like 1927, let's say. And I think Press he did he did nine holes. It was originally a nine hole course. Press came in like 15 years later after his his dad died, I think, and did the last nine holes. And they're kind of mixed now. They're not, it's yeah. not front nine, back nine. So they're mixed in together. Yeah. And there's all this hype about Perry as being the superior designer. And Press gets a lot of shit for the holes that he designed um, at Prairie Dunes. And Sean and I played it in August. We liked Press better than Perry. I think Press is the most slept on architect of his time. I think he People is. People say that about Perry. People say that. Uh, Perry Maxwell is one of the most slept on architects ever. I think they're wrong. They got the wrong Maxwell. It's press dude. Press, press. was given far worse land to work. Far worse. I mean, far worse. Some of the things he did with the trees. If you, if you've ever seen Prairie dunes, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about. 
he used the trees as like frames for all the like a lot of the tee shots on the back nine. Yeah. Some really cool shots that you've just you never see anywhere. Hitting through like a, a tunnel, like a an alley on a par three. You know, you got these cool trees. I think on twelve in the green complexes are Can't read them. arguably just as good as as Perry. Yeah. I think he's a far more creative architect but i mean who am i to say i don't know really anything about architecture yeah you're not making a putt inside six feet on that course no or, no or outside six feet really unless you get lucky yeah you got to get really lucky i think i made like i made like <laughs> so two hard to six footers all, i think i made two six footers all day and they i both i played both of them like a foot outside the hole you just you're, you're kind of just hitting hope yeah there. So, but anyways, back to uh, Southern Hills. Basically, that gives you some context. These guys, great, great architects, design interesting greens. So it should be fun to watch the pros play out there. Yeah. And I actually didn't know that Perry did a renovation to Augusta in the 30s, which yeah, is pretty I, interesting. I think he – I think Alistair McKenzie might have been a, an apprentice to, to Perry, I want to say. Maybe it was the other way around. I, I don't know. There's some connection between the two of them there. So they have similar styles. And uh, I do – I think it is worth mentioning Southern Hills had a Gil, Gil Hands reserva- uh, renovation or whatever, restoration, uh, maybe last year. It's a couple of years ago. So apparently the bunkers are more uh, – they, they're more fitting to the distances the guys are hitting it now. I think it's just a – it's a, apparently a great, great test for major championships now. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be fun to watch. I'm glad it's at Southern Hills. There are a lot of other bad options that they could have done. So Oh, they could have really fucked it up. They could have gone. There were so many avenues that they could have made so boring. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Southern Hills would be fun. And Although I did, I wish they got a little bit more adventurous, you know, but maybe maybe two years from now is not enough time to pick a course where, where they've never had a major, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that they experiment a little more too. And like Sean said a couple of weeks ago, like going to Chambers would be insane. It would be point. really cool. Yeah, I agree. I think Chambers is an underrated course. And I've never played it, but it's just one of the most eye-catching courses I've ever seen, especially on TV. I think that place really pops on TV. Yeah. Oh, totally. So we can wrap it up. Mike had some other bullshit here. I mean, do you have any thoughts on Kepka leaving Harmon? Yeah, I thought I – thought, uh, Harmon's statement he released is he's clearly butter happened. And I guess Brooks is one of those guys. You just, you can't get close to him. You can't, you know, you're going to, you're going to disappoint yourself if you, if you get close to him. Cause he's, he's a ruthless guy. I mean, you never know what he's thinking. He's so outrageous with some of the things he says. So uh, I thought Harmon's statement was a little salty. You kind of got to expect that stuff from Brooks. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, so we'll see where Brooks. Yeah. I mean, he, Harmon basically said, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Brooks does not have an instructor instructor like Tiger. I mean, I, I could see him going the Tiger route and just doing it all himself. We'll see. It definitely hurts Claude's stock. Yeah. Especially I with – I mean, he's still yeah. got DJ, but – No, I know. But you don't want to have one of the best players in the world leaving you in the dust. Especially when, yeah. like, Spieth is coming back to Butch and then Claude is getting – ghosted by brooks claude yeah, might need especially, a, a revenge tour i think he does need a revenge tour i think it would be fitting if dj won won the masters again and uh kind of be a little fuck you to brooks especially 
I, it seems like DJ and Brooks are their relationship's not quite as good as it used to be. And I think that would be a good little revenge store for Claude. So yeah, maybe the split up had to do something with DJ. It could have, because it's really hard to tell what their relationships like these days. Yeah. I mean, we just don't know. All right, John, I'm surprised you haven't crashed yet. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to out here. These, these Florida roads are wide open. I've been, I've been cruising pretty much no hands driving the whole time. So yeah, smart play. If you don't hear from me by tomorrow, yeah, just assume I crashed. <laughs> All right. Say your final goodbye. Total, total my rental car. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. I hit a chili dip. It was off the, it was off the hosel. I mean, Cameron Davis is a joke. Mike, you got any yeah. takes on the e-golf pro tour? You already have iron <laughs> covers. You already look like a giant <laughs> pussy. I don't care. I honestly don't give a stri- shit. He could be six feet under at this point, whoever WD. I didn't watch a single <clears throat> bit of it, but I'm going to chirp at the Fairmont St. Andrews because of the name. Yeah, Paul Tesori. Paul Tesori, friend of the pod. Neiman, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Friend so- of the pod, Aunt Betsy. Terrell Haddon? Are you kidding me? And there's a raccoon. No joke, like 20 feet away. Florida. Say Florida, I'm hanging out. No! You can't say Florida!